You are listening to the Art Wonk Podcasts, a show where we take a deep dive into what it takes to be successful in marketing if you are a visual artist or craftsperson. We will explore how the art world works as well as how to better achieve your professional goals. I am Neville Park, your host and resident Art Wonk. So settle in and join me as we get today's show underway. This is episode 13. Should I open an art shop gallery? Yay! Hey, kia ora. Welcome, welcome to another episode in the Art Wonk podcast. This is number three in our little mini-series all about opening your own gallery. Now, I recognize that this is quite specific and won't be for everyone, but it does give you an oversight of what's involved in a gallery, and as such, if you're dealing with galleries, you're a visual arts craftsperson or you're an artist who wants to deal with a gallery, even if you don't want to open one, I hope this gives you sort of a view of what they do think about, how they go about what they're doing, why they go about what they're doing. You know, business is complicated and it's simple at the same time. And when you understand the people you're dealing with in a business sense and you understand what they're trying to achieve, you can have greater success because you can find your way through the, the little trips and traps and things. So number three in the series is how to open um, or what to consider if you're going to open an art shop gallery. Remember I gave um, how to do a studio gallery and how to do a white box gallery. So this time we're looking specifically at the art shop gallery. So first off, defining an art shop gallery. What makes it different from the other two? Well, a studio gallery obviously focuses on a making practice or um, process so that people come for the entertainment and the connection with the maker. Uh, and the white box is very much about traditional values and the art market and how that reinforces and builds prestige uh, and is a very good tool for elevation uh, and building not just price but connectivity with tradition. The Art Shop Gallery is actually a relatively um, recent innovation. It's only, uh, in my experience, the last 15, 20 years that it's it's really become kind of a prevalent uh, model for business that really fits with the modern expectation of the shopper or the consumer. So it's driven by a retail philosophy. Um, not to say that it doesn't actually recognize or celebrate art, but there are elements within the experience of the other two galleries that don't have to exist in this one. When you go into a white box gallery, there's that sense of space that we talked about, how that adds value. And in the studio gallery, you're going to have the maker's tools and distractions from things um, necessarily as a viewer um, to move your conversation into other places. Well, the Art Shop Gallery is a gallery that works less on a showing catalogue like the White Box um, and doesn't really feature a specific artist like you would get in a studio gallery. It's about having a stable of artists on display at all times and merchandising and displaying um, a full range of price points. You're looking basically when you have this type of experience at creating 
Um, and every man experience so that it's not about prestige, it's not about isolating different groups and elevating people through having that connection uh, or not having it. Um, that's not what this gallery experience is about. It's about making accessible work out there and making sure that the work that you have meets your local marketplace so it's, it's probably the most market-driven gallery experience because it doesn't have ideologies um, driving it the same way. So um, let's break it down. First off, as we always do, we're going to look at where would you set up if um, Mr. Anonymous, who's hopefully still stuck with me, um, if you're looking at setting up a, an art shop gallery, the where is same as the other two. What makes it work? Well, generally an art shop gallery is retail-driven, so it must be in a retail base. Be that a mall, quite unusual, they're very expensive by um, nature, um, or a strip shop location where there is high footpath traffic, um, or at least there is footpath traffic, um, and where the visibility has that mindset attached to it that I'm out shopping. Um, so we will promote and we will elevate and we will develop our art base if we're engaged in this type of business, and I am. But we unashamedly are sticking with the paradigm or the mindset, the preconceived expectation of somebody who's out shopping. So we think um, about what we're doing, if we're doing it well, in relationship to fulfilling expectations for people who are looking to buy art. No showing necessary. It's not about making political statements or anything like that. Um, and as such, it's a it's it's a nice simple type of framework to build a business around at first. Um, but it can get quite complicated because you have to edit in a very specific way. So the where we want to be in a um, a footpath friendly uh, part of town where people can access us easily. Now, on a trip up in Canada not so long back, I noticed that people drive to galleries and um, to their shops. They're much bigger spaces and things are laid out broader. So, you know, there doesn't have to be footpath. But you do want to be in a location that the experience is associated with retail, with shopping. Uh, and the types of things you're looking for, you're looking for a space that is highly versatile. So you want both good wall, good shelving options, good plinthing options. Um, the actual layout of this type of gallery is far less prescriptive than the other two. Because ultimately there are so many different ways that people engage in shopping. Um, so you can fit that need as long as you have the ability to present a variety of things. And some of the best of this type of gallery um, I see have a lot of plinths. They use the plinth because it still talks to a traditional idea of elevation and that the work is special and gives a lovely neutral um, standing point for art to sit on. But they can group a whole pile of them together and create what is really an effective retail display because each piece has its own space and yet clumped works really well. Um, I've seen one of these galleries that is 
probably close to 70% window space, not a lot of wall, and they've made it work by using tall plinths and hanging artwork on the face of the plinth as well as having things on top. So it's really very much about utilising your square meterage and your location and visibility. Who? The who of the makers and the who of the buyers. Well, um, a gallery like this, you're definitely looking for makers who are consistently uh, producing good quality work, just like the other two. But you're looking for price points in your mix. So this is where it deviates from the gallery model. We're not looking at um, a, a community of a standard or a particular voice. We're looking for price points. So we're wanting entry-level price points, and you can choose what that may be. But generally speaking, you, know, you really have to have things in a gallery like this, starting at gift card and um, you know the smaller impulse purchase that can be as little as $10. Uh, and that can be really tricky to find artwork that sits in that. Often we end up with product because it's a manufacturer's game to make lots of small things. But that's what you're wanting. You're wanting to be able to introduce people to the experience of buying art at a low price point and then elevate them to whatever the ceiling your business or your community can handle. Now, in my particular model, I basically have set my ceiling at around $5,000. Anything above five grand is going to be incongruous in my environment because it's not going to balance well with those cheaper objects. And if I'm talking to somebody who has gone shopping to spend $5,000 on art, there's a better likelihood that they've actually gone to the white box or the nearer version of that. Uh, so that's kind of the range that I run from. A $6.50 greeting card to $5,000. So it's very broad, and you can set what it is that you want to do within that, whether or not your um, who's are craft-based or art-based, whether they make one-off originals that are funky or whether they make for a traditional market, excuse me, <clears throat> they will very much relate to what your local buying environment really offers. If you have a um, prestigious community, your neighborhood is full of boutiques and upmarket shops, then you need to be thinking very much about what it is you present um, to them and the price points can reflect that. If you're in a, um, a more depressed or, or not as financially buoyant marketplace, then you have to be a little careful you don't go too high. But because of the sliding scale, you can still maintain those higher price points. You will sell less of them is all. So you work out uh, what your who in terms of your maker range is. And then the who are your buyers? Anyone who is out of their vehicle, unless you have a drive through window, Anyone who is out of their vehicle becomes a buyer for you. So you're wanting the um, emerging art market, the people who don't normally buy art for art's sake, um, the craft market, whomever it is that's your entry level in your community should find something of comfort within your environment so that you can start introducing them to the fact that shopping with you is not painful. It's not foreign. Galleries are where other people go. But this art shop gallery, that's where I can go. And for a lot of people, you will be their very first experience of buying a piece of art because you've offered them comfort and that's your goal. So it's not a dumbing down. It's not like you're trying to be everything for everyone. It's like you're trying to actually make the barriers to people engaging 
seamless. They're still there. And some people will never come in because they're going to stand in the door. And I hear it all the time and they go, oh, geez, it looks expensive in there. Um, they've self-filtered and that's fine. You can't please everyone. But you do have the lovely experiences in this type of environment of people wandering in who've never bought art before. And they've come in looking for a gift because they see you as a retail solution. Um, and they end up buying something for themselves and for the reasons that you hope um, that they're buying because it makes a personal connect connection. Um, it, it, it moves them. So the who in terms of the buyers is broader and that will affect your marketing. Um, it will affect things like your signage. It will affect things like your display. You have to think a little bit more retail based. And some people are really naturally drawn to this. We have far more reference points for retail than we have for galleries. So um, it can be a great type of business model if you are a consumer. Uh, and you really have to just think very much about the standard and the type of styling that you're looking at. You know, I went into a gallery in Wellington not so long back that runs this particular model full of indigenous you know, iwi work, which is beautiful, incredibly high, high standard of work. And they had laid it out like a shop, so I felt welcome. I felt like I could explore and I could be engaged. It was stuff that my personal spending power didn't reach to, but I got such pleasure from being there. And the staff recognized that value. They still treated me as if I was one of the most important people they'd met that day. And I left wanting to tell everyone about the place, wanting to share the experience. And that's how this type of thing works. You're almost a virus, forgive that term in this present environment, but you get into people's lives and into the way they think. So when they start thinking about that next gift, that next marker in their lives, they choose to use art to actually celebrate it instead of product. So the what comes in now. What are you trying to do? Well, obviously, it's a business you're trying to sell. So you're still going to welcome them. You're still going to qualify their needs and you're still going to close the sale. All of that stays the same. That runs, that's, that's just selling. But what are you going to actually fill your space with that becomes um, your special point of difference, your unique selling proposition? You still need to think about key products or key suppliers, those statement pieces that you're going to put in there that will make sure that people know you're the place to go. Now, if you have a really great jewellery connection within your community um, or you have a really great potters or painters, um, doesn't really matter what. If the connection that's there is being underutilised, again, you're looking for gaps in the market. You're not looking to stand on the toes. And remember, the white box gallery, those big guys who have the showing platforms, may not appreciate you approaching their artists because they're trying to create a sense of urgency in their, their marketing. Buy it now or miss out because it's not going to be available for a while. If you've got it just down the road, yeah, you've got a problem because that destroys your market plan. So we have to think in terms of the, um, the what... We want to find gaps. We don't want to have confused people out there. We don't want messages going wrong. And trust me, if you do pick up an artist like that and somebody has purchased from the other experience and comes in and finds it available um, when they thought they were buying something that had a relative rarity, watch the way they deflate. It's so sad to see. 
you know, you're made your best effort um, at meeting the market. But in doing so, if you've been a little bit casual and thought, oh, it doesn't matter, well, it does because that person's joy and pleasure has just been diminished. So not to burden you too much with this, but think about what it is that you're trying to do when you're making these decisions. Uh, and then the why. Again, you need an origin story. You need to have a reason. You need to be able to explain what you're about, why you're doing it, what the whole meaning behind this gallery is. Um, I started my last experience, the one that I presently own, um, Origin on Hardy's its name, and Origin is all about, um, or was all about, trying to recreate a, a contemporary version of a 1980s craft shop. And I thought, well, we've got a lot of craftspeople within our community um, and artists who aren't quite connecting with the present market options. It would be really great to be able to take this type of format to, um, to the marketplace and reinvigorate it, look at it differently. Um, and, you know, I started right at the literal, thinking about seagrass matting on the floors um, and breeze blocks stacked with bits of wood sort of strung between them to make my shelves. But the reality is that that didn't fit our um, slightly more polished and uh, advanced marketing of this part of the history of mankind. So, you know, I had to update and change. And through the process, it's evolved into a space that actually is half of a craft shop and half of a gallery. And it gives me some joy being able to celebrate both parts of the creative market. But it also has made me quite different from those around me because there's nobody else doing a 50-50 split. It means that those who want a choice but aren't quite sure which way they want to go, the art lovers who like craft and the craft lovers who like art can come in and then I can sell them the other ideas. I can show them the other ways they can interpret their options once they're in there. So the why you're doing it, you do need a reason when you're setting up a gallery space because just to give artists a place to show isn't good enough. There's cafes that just give them a place to show. Hell, you, most of your banks, if you show up at your bank with your easel and your artwork and say, I'd like to put a display in, they'll let you. Um, if you're banking with them, why wouldn't they? It makes their foyer a little more interesting. So a place to show is not a good enough reason to be setting up a, a gallery business. So you've got to have a, a driving force and interest. Um, and if you can make a simple statement that defines that, then the art shop can be one of the best vehicles because your statement doesn't have to be as specific. Okay, I love the arts and I want to support the arts and I have a special interest in X um, and so I've set up a space to promote X. That's good. So we've got now uh, in our minds, I'm hoping, uh, somewhere local, you're looking for something that works as retail. So accessibility, you want floor level, okay? No steps if you can avoid it because as explained with the other two gallery options, you lose a high percentage of people because they won't walk up more than three steps. So if possible, you want it at street level. You want it in a retail precinct. That guarantees you're going to have accessibility to parking, to banks, um, for people to get money. You need to offer the same purchasing options as other places do in the shops next door and around you. 
Oh, and on banks, there, there was a survey done by um, a group where they looked at footpath speed. Found this one really interesting. And they found that places like banks that you know have no value to you looking in the window, a bank is a bank is a bank is a bank, um, people do speed up when going past them. So there is a science to choosing your location in terms of being right next door to a bank. Oh, it's great. People have money in their pockets. Bollocks. They're going there either worrying about putting money in or worrying about getting money out. They're actually a little nervous around banks and they speed up. So if you're either side of a bank, it can be a poor decision. You know, Look for a place where people amble. Clothing shops, shoe shops, that type of, of location is a really good one for this type of business. Um, or look for something that has a really unique feeling about it. Um, you know, visually, um, you're selling art, so it doesn't hurt to look for that funky spot if you can find it. Right, so I hope for Mr. Anonymous this has given some framework for you to look at your options. And for those of you who are supplying galleries of different types, be you craftspeople or visual artists who are making fine art, if you understand the idea of the business, not necessarily the practice, that's all going to be different, but the idea of the business, then you can make a selection as to where you want to be and why you want to be there with a little bit more of an understanding of some of their quirks. Again, a retail gallery um, or art shop gallery has got some pressures that others don't have when it comes to sale season. Um, all the people around them are putting on sales. They don't own the work if they're like most galleries. We're representative agents. So as such, we don't have the ability to swap and change the price. So there are times where a gallery like that may ask you for something special or to think about doing your business different. Keep in mind who else and where else you're dealing. Make sure you keep consistent and honest to yourself if you're a maker. Um, but you can make specific things for a location like this uh, because the way that they have evolved a language might help and they can often be the quickest feedback when it comes to whether or not a new idea or, or, or creative enterprise is going to work. Uh, galleries like this turn over normally a lot more artwork. Um, sometimes they will charge you an extra margin for that because their overheads are much, much higher. Uh, retail space is contested, and if you've got somebody who's selling a T-shirt that was made in India that costs them all of $1.20, uh, and they're selling it for, 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 I don't know, $30, $40 um, with a, a nice bit of bling on the front of it, then their margins are so much higher. Their ability to adapt is so much higher, and their call to action, their sales... Um, they prompt and force the market to turn over. And fashion's brilliant when you look at it because everyone knows that what you've got in a couple of seasons is going to be slightly out of fashion. Uh, and for some people, that means every single season they go out and refresh their wardrobes. Art work doesn't work that way. But the overheads and costs attached from rates, insurance, everything runs in parallel with that. So, you know, being open to the fact that this type of marketing takes a lot more thought because you're thinking about a lot of different layers. Um, but if you're like me and you're creative and you have a tendency to have a brain that bounces around and, and, and explores ideas quickly and willingly, then the art shop gallery could be a, um, a really good format for you. 
And then finally, when it comes to validation, like whether or not this is a good thing, is an art shop gallery good for your, your brand as a maker? I'd ask you a simple question. If you got a chance to be in your national museum or your national gallery, um, and that chance involved you being in their gift shop, would you turn it down? You know, ultimately, being able to tell everyone that your work has actually been sold or is available from that gallery location still carries prestige, still carries weight. You don't define that it's actually in the gift shop instead of in the main gallery unless you're pushed because that's not necessary. You're just talking about your journey. So um, these can be galleries if they're run very retail-based um, on the edge of gift shop that won't elevate you, but very rarely will they hurt you as well. Um, but if you aspire to building your profile and growing into the white box environment, I would suggest that you look seriously at the pros and cons and talk with the white box gallery. Um, their filter may be that they're not going to show people that have been shown in these other environments. So if that's your aspiration, you know, play to it. Right, so we've diverged yet again. Bring it back in. Really quick recap. Where a gallery like an art shop gallery should be highly retail visible. The who? The makers need to be diverse and they need to cover price points. Okay, The different things they make is not as important. It can all be pottery, but you need to make sure you cover different price points. The who and the buyers... They're anyone who's on the footpath as well as those you market to. But you do get footpath traffic. And as such, that's why you want the broad range of appeals. So that when people stumble in your door looking for directions to somewhere else, they might just be a buyer. But at the very least, they're now an informed member of the community. The what? Again, whatever you can find within your local environment, if you're representing others or whatever you have a connection with, so that your why makes sense as well. Do not try and sell things you don't like or don't believe in. Nothing worse. Sounds awful when somebody's using a sales line. And you can tell when people are doing that because they use the same line over and over again. There's no passion or joy. It's a job. Do not buy yourself a job. This is a horrid place to be stuck if you don't want to be there and you own a business. That's why you can leave a job. You can't leave a business as easily. So make sure that when you're choosing the what, it's stuff you love. And the people, they're people you love. And you can pretty much guarantee from that point on, it will work out. The rest is just process. So on that note, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Anonymous, let us know what you decided to do and any of the rest of you. Um, yeah, I really appreciate the feedback. Uh, I'm going to go and make some art as normal. Uh, this is normally something that gets me so wound up that I really get pleasure out of making. Um, so have a good day. Thanks. Bye. Hi everyone, it's Neville here again. Hey, just before I go, I want to remind you that we now have a new email address. It's info at theartwonk.com. Uh, and also theartwonk.com is our website, which we're in the process of getting set up with show notes and follow-up from the shows. So please get in contact us, uh, with us if you have any questions or feedback, uh, especially if you feel that we somehow I glossed over something that's of importance to you. 
uh, and yeah, really would enjoy having that that connection with you as somebody who's trying to be a creative in today's environment. Uh, and let me know if there's stuff that I'm missing out or stuff you'd like to know. So now I'm off to my studio. Happy creating!